Kitty, what are you doing? The couch is already disgustingly destroyed. You're making it worse. It's art, Shannon. <laughs> it is the world's most uncomfy futon ever. Oh, God. And I remember, He's... like, when my old roommate and I bought it, and we, like, asked her, we're like, is it comfortable? And she's like, it's the most comfortable thing ever is where I spend most of my time. Shut up. <laughs> she lied. <laughs> it is literally, like, the worst. Like, I remember the boy I used to date, Um, whenever he would, like, stay, he'd be like, I can't watch a movie on that couch. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I can't. I'm like, well, I guess we're not going to watch a movie because I didn't have a TV in my room. <laughs> <laughs> But I did make him watch all seven Harry Potters, eight Harry Potters on that couch. So served one purpose, I guess. Served one part <laughs> the couch served one purpose, and that was watching eight Harry Potter movies. Um anyway, so we're just gonna jump right in today, guys, because this one is very interesting and there's gonna be a lot of discussion. I feel like Troy's gonna have a lot of thoughts. Um Oh, no. So I feel like you're gonna have a lot. So welcome back, buckle up for another thrilling, exciting, speed, bumpy, excruciating episode of Murder Road Trip. No, really, but like all those things he said is totally valid. Um, where are we going? We're in North Carolina, we're right? We're in North Carolina. Man, and this one is a case for the books, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> it is mostly known as the case that involves a, quote, consensual murder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someone make it make sense. Mm, okay. Okay, okay. So this is the story of uh, Sharon Lepotka and Bobby Glass. And everyone, buckle your butts up. Click. Let's get started. October 13th, 1996. Victor Lapotka. I think it's Lapotka. Lapotka. I'm going to say it like L O P A T K A. Lapotka. Lapotka. All right, cool. Um, he discovered a very strange note that had been written by his wife, Sharon. The note stated, quote, If my body is never retrieved, don't worry. No, I'm at peace. End quote excuse me <laughs> i told you i told you it just okay everyone just hang on <laughs> um <laughs> um the note also stated that she would not be coming home and it instructed her husband not to look for her killer This sounds like a note that was written by her killer. I don't know. It's not. I'm it's written so, by her. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Earlier that morning on the 13th, Sharon had told her husband that she was going on a trip to Georgia to visit some friends. Obviously, that was not the case. And something much more sinister and bizarre had happened to Sharon. So before we get to what actually happened to Sharon, let's talk about her upbringing. So. Let's talk about how we got here. Let's talk about how the hell we ended up here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Sharon Lapotka, um, she, you, you got to learn a little bit about her background and her lifestyle to truly grasp this case, if that's even the right word. I don't even know. To truly 
try to understand this case from um, maybe okay um anyway so she was born september 21st 1961 to two very orthodox jewish parents um she had to follow a lot of rules she had a, a lot of restrictions to her life especially since she was a young woman and throughout school in her childhood she was described as completely normal she did sports she sang in the choir she was a super normal kid however her parents were super adamant that she marry another Orthodox Jewish man. But Sharon pulled one on her parents and she ended up marrying a Catholic construction man, Victor Lobotka, in 1991. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, and the young couple would move to Hampstead, Maryland. Um, and this caused her and her family to, to become estranged since they did not approve of this match. They're like, they're like, we asked you for one thing and you had to do the opposite. Literally. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is further from Judaism than Catholicism? Like, what? Did like, you like convert? Did she like remove herself from the Jewish religion or did she just? I'm not sure. Her? I don't, okay. I feel like, I feel like she just didn't really, like, she just kind of, distance like herself from it i don't know i don't even know if he was really practicing catholicism at the time that was that was just like what he, he like was but um um so in order to make some additional money sharon started to do some online advertising she began to sell home decor for seven bucks um she also managed multiple websites she would scam people by pretending to be a psychic and by selling so-called love potions to broken-hearted teens and young adults and eventually she began to market some naughty content via chat rooms um, and online ads. Okay. So this was the mid nineties and this was the first time that chat rooms became a thing and they became rapidly super popular. And the most well-known platform was through AOL. <laughs> I don't, did you ever use that? aim online no. we did have aol like dial up though but i know oh was... yeah i i we, we, we had that i remember my oldest sister megan had aim I, I remember that she would like chat on the computer and stuff like that but um i feel like, like we were just after that i think a little like very like yeah so i feel like we were like too young and it kind of phased out but like my parents literally like they wouldn't like there was like a password or something to get into dial up or something they would never give me the password so oh. i always had to ask someone for the password that's hilarious isn't it so like i oh like my I, God. I literally was just chilling on like the family computer on like ms paint and like solitaire like i used Windows to play sims Ball. a lot see i didn't have sims either Oh, you poor child. Even I had Sims. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so yeah. So she's in these chat rooms and she is just like, you know, scamming people left and right. Um, There were tons of chat rooms that literally anyone could get into and they could pretend to be whoever and whatever they wanted to, to be. They had chat rooms for teens, for the elderly, to people who had special uh, fetishes and specific fetishes. Um, yeah, this is where this is going. Um, like as soon as the internet, I, like, <laughs> they really jumped right in. <laughs> they, <laughs> they said chat room, foot fetish. 
you guys, this is great. <laughs> this is just what this is. This is just what we need. So Sharon had an a- alias um, known as Nancy Carlson. And what she, this is disturbing. So what she marketed Nancy as um, was content of women who were unconscious from being drugged, hypnotized, and chloroformed to do sexual acts. So non-consensual acts is what yeah. she was marketing her Nancy as. Um, she would also sell her underwear with an advertising that read. Oh, no. Quote, is there anyone out there interested in buying my worn panties? Short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, literally, <laughs> she was no holding back. She's like, hey, you want these? <laughs> Businesswoman. Um, Sharon had her own personal fetishes that she would fantasize about getting involved in. She would use other aliases and enter chat rooms that were specifically made for people who had fetishes involving, once again, this is going to be a little disturbing, necrophilia, bondage, and sadomasochism. Sado Masochism? Sadomasochism. <laughs> Thank you. She also had this sexual desire to be, quote, tortured to death. This was proven by more than 50 messages um, from her expressing interest in this topic. She came up with a character named um, Carlson, who was a disciplinary dominatrix porn actress who was 300 pounds. Who was, quote, who was shown crushing men like bugs. She's an inspiration to us all, to be quite honest. <laughs> like Bailey Sarian always says, I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, She also posted on a cannibalistic forum looking She's for just... a... <laughs> I told you it was wild. She's just like doing it all. I don't know. Okay. But she posted on this cannibalistic forum looking for a quote feeder. And what she wanted this person to do was to force feed her until she was 475 pounds. Um, And like she would, she said that she would relocate for the right feeder and was not interested in email or phone feeding. And finally she posted that once she reached her weight goal, her and her feeder could fulfill the ultimate fantasy and they could both eat her. Could both? Like she's going to like eat herself? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. The ultimate fantasy. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's worse. But she also said that she did not want a married man because she did not believe in adultery. You know what? (laughs) Everyone has their lines. (laughs) She is the victim of the story, so I'm really trying to like be respectful, but holy shit. I (laughs) like I like I'm trying so hard. All right. It's just shocking. Like literally. Literally, I'm literally laughing because I I don't even know if I'm laughing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of here reading what I wrote because I can't believe I actually wrote this down. Anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Um, now enter a man named Bobby Glass, and he worked as a computer analyst for the government of Katawawa County, North Carolina. Yes, enter North Carolina. Here we are. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Um, Bobby was very good with computers, um, so he was also all about those chat rooms. Bobby was married for 14 years to his wife, Sherry. They had three children together, two daughters, aged 10 and 7, and a son who was six. Sherry would go on to say that throughout their marriage, um, she also recalled Bobby as generally pleasant, hardworking, amiable, until she noticed that Bobby was spending way too much time on the computer. And she got curious as to what he was doing on on there all the time. So she logged into his email and she found messages that she described as, quote, raw, violent, and disturbing, end quote, that he had sent using the username Toyman and Slowhand. Sherry did confront um, Bobby about this, and she would later say that when she brought this up, quote, all the color drained from his face. And finally, when their children asked her, quote, why doesn't daddy love us anymore? That was the last straw for her and mm-hmm. her and Bobby separated. Um, in August 1996, the year and month of my birth, Bobby and Sharon Lepotka. Le- yeah, Lepotka met when Sharon posted an ad that said, quote, hi, my name is Gina. And I was wondering if anyone would want to talk about the subject mentioned above with me. I kind of have a fascination with torturing until death. She then gave a fake email that she could access and Bobby would be the one to email her back. And his email response was, quote, of course, we all have our fantasies would like to share mine with, end quote. Okay. All right. So now we're back October 13th, 1996. And like I said before, Sharon told her husband that she was going to Georgia to visit some friends. The morning of the 13th, around 8.45, she drove her blue Honda Civic to the train station in Baltimore. And around 8.45 p.m., the train came to a stop in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Bobby was waiting to pick up Sharon. He then drove her to his home in Lenore, North Carolina, where they would go on to fulfill their sexual fantasy. When Sharon's husband found the note and contacted the police, they started looking into what Sharon had been up to, and they came across her computer where they found more than 900 emails to and from Bobby to Sharon, which is around 870 pages when printed, where she is explicitly asking him to torture her to death. So the police are kind of confused and thrown by this because it was definitely from Sharon and she was definitely consenting to this kind of behavior. But because it was dealing with basically a potential murder, the police ended up contacting the North Carolina police who sent officers over to Bobby's home to monitor him. So they just assumed that Bobby, that they would see Bobby and Sharon together, but they only saw Bobby coming and leaving the home, which struck them as a little weird after a few days of watching bobby and not seeing any signs of sharon on october 25th the police obtained a warrant to search bobby glass's property when they went inside the home which was a literal trailer they found it dirty and covered in trash they found bondage equipment a pistol this is also disturbing child pornography magazines as well as some of that content on his computer 
Along with all the stuff they found inside the trailer, the police also located some of Sharon's items were buried outside. They noticed a fresh mound of dirt about 75 feet from the trailer, which was surrounded by woods, and they did find the body of 35-year-old Sharon Lepotka. She was naked. Her hands and feet had been bound with rope, and a nylon rope was around her neck. Investigators also noticed minor scrape marks around her neck and breast area. They immediately went to where Bobby worked, and they arrested him for Sharon's murder. The body would be sent to North Carolina's chief medical examiner, and he came to the conclusion that the cause of death was strangulation. But the tests were inconclusive when it came to evidence of sexual torture and or manipulation. Um, He also believed that Sharon was killed three days after she arrived in Bobby Glass's home. So police obviously asked Bobby what happened. They're like, "Um, do you want to explain to us? Why? What went on here? What, what, what is going on? Like, what what is happening? Um, and Bobby said him and Sharon had acted upon their rather violent sexual de- de- desires. And he said that she had allowed him to tie her up with a rope where he claimed to have accidentally strangled her. Bro. He would later state, quote, I don't know how much I pulled the rope. I never wanted to kill her, but she ended up dead. End quote. But as I stated before, the medical examiner did not find any hard evidence of torture apart from the scrapes on her body, which could have been caused um, from like being buried with, you know, rocks and stuff on a naked body. They could have caused scrapes. So at first, Bobby was being charged with first-degree murder for sexual strangulation, but that was um, reduced to voluntary manslaughter. On January 27, 2000, Bobby pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter, as well as six counts of second-degree exploitation of a minor. He was sentenced to 36 to 53 months for the murder of Sharon and 21 to 26 months for possession of child pornography, which he's literally sentenced, what, 36, three years, three to six years for a murder. Did you say three to six? Well, it was 36 to 53 months. So like three to six years or something like that for a murder. It was just voluntary manslaughter, Shannon. Like it's, oh, shit. It was sorry. Murder. Like, God. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm so sorry about Bobby. <laughs> um, on February 20th, 2002, two weeks before he was going to be released from prison, Bobby Glass had a heart attack and later died. Karma's a bitch. Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. And that is the case of Sharon Lopatka. I figure you have things to say. That is so weird. My first thing is, like, I understand. He was like, oh, I didn't mean to kill her. But he, like... Killed her. (laughs) He, like, totally killed her, man. But, like, they... So they were, like, talking about... Hmm. Maybe... So, two options. He's either really dumb... 
and did accidentally kill her because they were like talking about like all this torture stuff and there was no signs of torture except the rope that he accidentally pulled too tight or he was literally just trying to kill someone and he was like oh my god yeah i'm totally gonna torture you until you die but then he just killed her instead of torturing a typical man not giving the woman what she wants for pleasure that's (laughs) all i have to say god (laughs) i just like i i don't know i had a lot of thoughts there's a lot because like it literally went zero to a hundred so quickly so quick she was like oh yeah i'm gonna like marry this guy and then now she's suddenly on chat rooms talking about every single like dark fetish in the entire world like i just want to know what what like makes people what makes someone into that like i don't like i couldn't like yeah like what sparked it like Like, that would like be a major turn off for me ever if a man came up to me and was like yo I get hard off of necrophilia. I'd be like, I yeah. need to leave. <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, I need to go. I need to get out of I here. I need to go and never see you again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the... F- like, I don't... I have no, like... I don't know what to say. I don't either. There's too much... Like, it, it was such a short story because, like, there was nothing really... Like I looked everywhere for like more things about it, and like what there like wasn't really. It was very straight to the point, <laughs> like. But I wanted to like cover it because it was so weird. No, like that's bizarre. So weird. But like also really sad. I mean, she, like. <sighs> of course it's. I mean, yeah, it's very. Of course it's sad. Any time we we cover any of these things, but. But so she literally did write that note, though. Yes. No, she like completely was tortured to death. Yes. I don't get it. I don't understand why. Like, first of all, how is that going to be pleasure some? Because you're dead. Yeah. Like, you can't do it again. Like, you can't. Like, Like, would you would you even like get to the finish line or would you die before? (laughs) We have questions. (laughs) I need to know. That is so bizarre. Very bizarre. And yeah. Did he like do anything before this? Like, was he like in jail? Like, was he like. No, he was completely. No, no, no. He had a normal life. He had three kids and a wife. And was just living. Pretty sure they lived in a cul-de-sac. Like, it was very like. (laughs) Just. White picket fence. White picket fence. Like, normal family. Like, you really just don't freaking know. And I think that's, like, the scariest thing ever is, like, you just don't. You don't know. Yeah. Because, like, he's just living like this. And then he sees a random post where someone's like, I would love for someone to discuss my fantasies about dying with me. And he said, that sounds amazing. Like He said, I'm into that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, something had to have gone wrong in his chat. Like, uh, something had to have. I don't know. what is. It's just... Yeah, I just need more because I like I need more from both sides. Like I need to know about her upbringing. I need to know about her childhood. I need to know about his childhood. Like where, like what happened? Like what was he doing all those years? I don't know. I wish I knew. Chat rooms <laughs> are scary though. Like that just scares me. Actually, you know what? Yeah, there, there's the problem. Aim. <laughs> <laughs> 
serious like <laughs> it's me hi aim's the problem it's me no like because like if you think about it that's like the first i guess i shouldn't say, i don't know like a whole lot about like the starting of the internet but that's like the first one of the first like chat rooms and like one of the first times you can like you're on the internet and you can be whoever you want to be i think that's what's so appealing to these people though because like a lot of them unfortunately i think suffer with like not being confident in themselves and um and you know it's like the same thing with like catfishing like the the show catfish like they take on this new identity because they're shameful of who they are, which is don't be shameful of who, who you are unless you're well, in a necrophilia, in which case, dude, go get some help. I don't know. Like, something like, about that. Something, but... some, some things do, do need help. Um, necrophilia is one of those things. Um, but I'm not going to tell you how to live your, live, live your life, but um, necrophilia got to go. <laughs> that's just not normal. My, my dude's. Sorry. Also, moving on from this case, there is so much happening in the true crime world right now that I can't even keep up. Why? What kind of stuff? Troy. The, death, the death of the red panda <laughs> at the Pittsburgh Zoo. Not where I was going, but I can't even talk about it. What? How old was he? I think it was oh my god is that like was... is that like an old age for a red panda yeah, i don't know oh no but i guess like the zoo i think he i think he died today I think <laughs> was today but yesterday he was like acting weird i guess he like wasn't walking right i'm so sad do i still have it up no wait hold on pittsburgh zoo announces death of red panda kovu Oh, that's like from um, Lion King 2. Oh, is it? Yeah, Kovu and Kiara. Rest in peace, little red friend. Oh my god, that's so sad. No, like literally, Cody told me that while we were literally at dinner. And I literally looked at him and I just went... (laughs) I literally said, we have to get our stuff to go. I was like... (laughs) I can't. I can't be here right now. I can't be here right now. But anyways, true crime world, crazy. What's going on? What happened? So first of all, there's that whole Long Island Beach serial killer guy. You didn't hear about that? No. There's like 13 bodies on his property, and he's a whole ass husband and has like two grown kids and a wife. <laughs> yeah. There's that. There's the Wisconsin lady that I was telling you about that decapitated her lover. Literally, his parents found, or his mom found his head in a bucket. And she dismembered him and she put some of his body pots, body parts in a crock pot in the back of her car. <laughs> I have been following this happily. <laughs> That's what brand of crockpot was it? I, I don't know. And it wasn't Betty Crocker. That what the f- what? <laughs> and I watched her like interrogation with the police and like holy shit. When I tell you this woman had no remorse, like she was talking like we we are now. Like the police was they they were like so like so like 
I think they asked like if she did anything with his like private parts after and she was like no they're like you didn't use it as like a dildo and she, she's like I slapped her on a, a little but like that's it can't think what else she said she was like very matter of fact like she she was and then at one point um he asked her like what she did with the rest of the body parts and she was like huh well good luck finding the rest of him and then during her, crazy during her trial she attacked her lawyer <laughs> you need to look her up her name her name is taylor shabusiness taylor what's your business <laughs> Uh, she was like a like mega Jeffrey Dahmer fan like very like it I might have to cover that case for Wisconsin because wow Wisconsin man <laughs> let me oh, tell ya oh she looks scary she's scary not necessarily scary but like she just looks like she looks like she would have done that and not cared <laughs> she did like and she doesn't <laughs> like literally like her interrogation she's just like like zero like she doesn't care like it, it i like was watching it and i was like what like i literally was like excuse me ma'am that's yeah, so everyone, sad everyone everyone um you can watch her trial on YouTube. It's actually, it's very interesting, but also super disturbing. So if you're not into that, it's very brutal. I might watch cover it. If, if enough comes out of it, I mean, I'm sure I could gather enough information about it just because the whole freaking trials on online. Um, another one, my last true crime fact of the day is Lori Daybell, who uh, we covered in I Idaho, I Idaho? think she murdered her two kids or her husband did um she was convicted of murder um on both counts and she has life in prison now so that sucks oh wow she was the one the mormon like the extremist i vaguely remember she like thought her kids were zombies <gasps> oh my god yes yeah so they, she like, yep. they finally convicted her mm -hmm. What about the husband or that guy? I think he's still he? like, um, I think he, he his trial hasn't started yet. Or I don't even know if he's, he's definitely going to be tried for something. Because I think he was the one that actually did the killing. Yeah, I thought so. Was that like her brother? Her, I don't remember. Well, she might have actually done some of it because when they recovered, I believe the son's body, they did find her hair. Oh, on the yeah. duct tape so i just like disgusting y'all need to get it together like seriously <laughs> everyone jesus jesus they need him find him anyway hope you enjoyed this episode a lot of banter. Not really, actually. A lot of true crime talk for ones we weren't actually bantering, which was fun. Um, follow us at Murder MurderRoadTripPod on Instagram. Send us anything you'd like at MurderRT at gmail.com. 
listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us five stars. Thanks. Um, and yeah. Thank you. Troy, anything you want to say? <laughs> um, rest in peace, Kovu at the Pittsburgh Zoo. Um, rest in peace. Um, um Sharon. Is that oh, yeah, <laughs> Long day, everyone. I feel like such an asshole because I literally was like, who the fuck is Shannon? <laughs> um, I was gonna say who I've been talking about for the past 40 minutes. <laughs> I say rest in peace, Angus Cloud from you Oh my god, yeah, that's also yeah. Um that was really sad. Day, so I believe also either late last night or this morning, I can't remember. I saw that his dad passed away like last week too. And yeah, I think they, just... they think that that's kind of what triggered him. But um, if you need help, reach out. There's no shame in re- 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 reaching out. Um, and yeah, poor. Um, just reach out for help. No one wants to go through that, losing a loved one like that. So there's always help out there. Even if you don't think so, there is. So, And people love you. They do for sure. Take care. Absolutely. Um, and have a great rest of your day. Um, do some self care. Take a bath. Watch a movie. Journal. Watch a movie. Look at baby red pandas in honor of Kovu. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.